Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Forward Church. Listen, I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast. I hope it challenges you and inspires you to go after God and be all that God's called you to be. Enjoy today's message. I want you this morning to let go. I want you to let go of all of the things of the past. I want you to let go of the things of tomorrow. And I want you to embrace God's love for you. But more than that, how much you can trust God. How many know that across our nation right now, there's all kind of weather patterns going on? They're all over the place. And there are those who are actual first responders And they are going to the event, they're going to the issue, and they're putting themselves on the line to save and rescue individuals who are trapped in the elements of whatever's going on. It could be a fire, it could be a storm, it could be snow, whatever. And they're they're inviting people who they don't know, nor do those people know who they are. We need you to trust us. So we can rescue you. That's okay and that's good. But listen, there's one greater than first responders. He's the ultimate responder. I'm really trying to get a shift here. Shift in our thinking to where we will go to him first before we go anywhere else. Yes? So today... And my heart goes out to Pastor B because he always does such a magnificent job when I give him notes. But guess what? I'm only going to go one verse into trust towards God. And out of that one verse, because I was up early, early, early this morning, I'm going to take that one verse and give you verses that you will not see on the screen. So you're going to have to write them down. Because, see, we serve a God that you cannot see. Come on now. You have not seen God in person. So how in the world do I know I can trust him? I want you to see from God's word how you can do it. And I want this to be so basic, so concrete, that it doesn't cause you to shift away from the principles of God's word. Again, this is part two, let go. And I saw some video clips, and as you do, the evening news and individuals who had to listen to what the first responders were saying, and they had to respond to the invitation. How many know that everybody should respond to God's invitation? Trust Him. So back to the main theme verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Here's what it says. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. See, that's specific, and I mentioned that last week, who've been called according to his purpose. We shared uh, at different times at the beginning of this year the importance of having a purpose. If you don't have one, others have one, and they will use you to fulfill their purpose. That's why it's important to put your trust in the Lord so he can show you his purpose for your life. Amen. <laughs> Pastor John Hagee, who I appreciate 
mention this quote, and I want to give it to you, because a lot of times we go, but you know what? I dropped the last fly ball, or I didn't do well out on the green, or I didn't make my budget last month, so God's probably, whatever. You can put in your illustrations. Listen to this quote. The cross, hmm, which is the foundation of trust, how many know that he was invited to come off the cross? How many know that he could have come off the cross? He had the ability and the power and the angels were waiting for his voice. Now you talk about trust, that's trust. The cross means that what you used to be is over. Let it go in Jesus' name. God, listen, this is for someone in the house this morning. God never consults your past to determine your future. But when you go for a job interview, that's what they do. They will check your resume. They're going to check what you've done, where you've been, who you know, etc., etc. But listen, God never consults your past to determine your future. For those that have been here the last few weeks, you know that there was a message entitled, Calvary Covers. And when Calvary covers your past, you have a tomorrow. Get it under the blood. And by the way, in case you're not aware of it, the roaring lion is not afraid of you, but he will not trespass the blood of Jesus Christ. He doesn't fear us. He fears the bloodline. So stay behind the bloodline. The bloodline of the cross, ladies and gentlemen. For all of you that love God's word, and I would like to believe that's all of us, here this morning, in the old covenant, there had to be blood on the doorpost or the eldest son, his life was going to be taken. The importance of blood is all over the place. Even the world in movies and all of that emphasizes blood. But there's no greater blood than the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest sign of trust. Come on. I do my very, very best to keep my motivational side as low as possible. If you need a defining principle about trust, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ can take you where other people will not allow you to go. Put your trust in the Lord. Now the one verse on trust, and then we're going to break it down. Are, are we ready? We're talking about letting go. Hmm. Listen, before we get to that verse, you can let go because he hung there in your place. Let go. Let it go. Psalm 112, verse 7. Oh, by the way, if you talk back, you live back. Man, the Holy Spirit is so... If you're constantly talking... I'm not talking about you talking to people. If you're talking back to the Father, you're going to walk back. Walk right back into what you were supposed to come out of. Come on, church. Whew. Now the verse. Psalm 112, verse 7. <coughs> Excuse me. Listen closely. He is not afraid of bad news. How many know that the evening news is built on that? Good gracious. It's like, okay, I'm done. No more ABC, no more CBS. I'm done. CNN, I don't know, no. Because everything is built on bad news. 
Listen, he's not afraid of bad news. Listen, his heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Now listen closely. This is counterculture teaching this morning. Trusting means firmness. One of the legends of our society from the baseball world has passed. His name, Frank Robinson. I grew up in that era, just a little bit behind him. He was a phenomenal athlete. I'm going to tell you a story in just a moment to show you how we are imploding in our nation. Notice I said nation. But only in the nation because it's happening in our communities. It's happening in our churches because it's happening in our homes. I was raised with firmness. Now, I didn't always like it, but it's certainly working out well now. So firmness, let's talk about trust means firmness. Not ugliness, not meanness, firmness. I'm going to give you a story from Frank Robinson. They said he was tough as nails. And he always accepted the challenge of the pitcher. I don't know anything about it because I didn't play baseball. So he had, there was the plate. Are you with me? There was the plate. So the pitcher would try to pitch inside. Well, instead of backing up, hello, this is spiritual, Frank would just take another step a little bit closer to the plate, going, this is my territory. Well, what they would do is pitch a little bit closer, especially if they were good. He played for the Reds, he played for the Orioles, he managed the Indians, and on and on I could go. Well, he got a little bit closer, and that really ticked the pitcher off. The closer you get to Jesus Christ, it ticks the devil off. Why are you always thinking this is baseball or it's sports? Come on, church. And so he, he doesn't appreciate you crowding the kingdom. He doesn't want you close to the plate. So he would, the pitcher would get a little bit closer and knock him down. Well, old Frank Robinson just got back up, and everybody in the Baltimore Orioles uh, dug out Brooks Robinson, Boog Powell, all of those those were some real great athletes, by the way, for those from that era. They knew exactly what he was going to do. He just got a little bit closer and drilled that thing deep into the gap. That's like a double. Now listen to the story. I'm talking about firmness. He's rounding first base. He's coming down hard into second. These were back when they had real cleats. And he puts the big slide in. Some of you are like really paying close attention and the second baseman's trying to watch the ball and make the play. And big old Frank's coming in. Frank comes right on in and nails that leg. <laughs> and the second baseman, this was a true story, looks down and there's red, red, hmm, blood is starting to come through. And he, he goes, Frank. What was that all about? Why did you do that? And Frank simply said, just ask the pitcher. It's the firmness that our society doesn't know anything about. Psalm 112, verse 7. Oh, by the way, he's the only one to have won all the awards in both leagues 
And he was also, though he did not appreciate being introduced this way, he was the first African-American manager. (laughs) That's a warrior. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to try to get you to bulk up, but I do want you to know we're a very soft country. We're not anything that we used to be. And I have to tell you, shame on us when I think about the men and women who have died for us. When you say that you're trusting in the Lord, your heart becomes firm. Listen, we're going to go look at some verses and then I'm going to stop for today. The main verse is Psalm 112, verse 7. Now link this, if you will, please. How will I know if I love him? Because when I get bad news, it doesn't even bother me. My heart is firm. Doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter to me. How it comes in, because I know how it's got to go out. And when I get a chance to stick him down at second base, I'm not talking about individuals. I am going to hit him so hard, he wished he'd have never showed up on that field. I'm talking about your adversary, the enemy. Come on, church. Because your weapons are not carnal. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And your battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers that are all over this region. Listen to me. You cannot patty cake with darkness. It's out to destroy. (laughs) Trusting means firmness. Let your life reflect the trust you have in God. Be strong. Trust God's word and then trust the process. Here we go. So everything this morning in trust is going to be on firmness. Example. Young lady, young guy going out having a good time. You know, he starts doing his rendezvous. Been reading a book by Tony Dungy. And he said, why is it all the time we encourage girls to continue to remain virgins, but our guys can just be guys? Really? (laughs) And so she goes, I told you once. I'm going to tell you for the last time. Keep those hands where they belong. Hello? We're talking about firmness. Come on, church. (laughs) There's just so much. It's like it just wants to flow, and I'm trying to go, not too much, not too much. Let's talk about firmness. Here we go. Second Thessalonians. These will not be on the screen. This came to me with the help of the Holy Spirit this morning. Second Thessalonians 2.15. Listen. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Let me just put a big T right here and say, most preachers preach only what they want you to hear. But I'm going to give you a tradition that I grew up on. You ready? Personal devotions, family devotions, and tithing. And then God just stretched me this week because he doesn't just want your tithes and offerings. He wants your time. And are you willing to tithe your time and invest in others? So that means this. If someone needs a ride to church, you'll give them a ride to church. If someone doesn't have a father figure and God lays it on your heart to be that father figure in that, by the way, that's a young man's life. Oh, dang, he's firm. You're straight up, I'm firm. 
There is no way that God's going to ask me to leave Robin here in the house and go pick up Danny for church. That is a trap. But what he would do would be, hey, contact Robin and ask Robin to go pick her up and give her a ride. Because the devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. Lock the lid and throw away the keys for all the tricks he's played on me. But if Shane needs a ride, and Shane doesn't have a father figure in his life, and God calls me to do that, I better step up and not just put money in the offering. I better give him some of my time. That's called standing firm in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was really soft from a big guy. Thank you. And see, that's another thing that I'm seeing in our cultures. Young men don't know how to be firm. Loving, kind, but firm. They're soft. Or then they go out on the radical end and do things they shouldn't do. Hello? God wants you to be in the middle, balanced. Oh, good preaching. God wants you to be balanced. Next verse. So think about your traditions that were handed to you. God's going to expect for you to do something with them. Okay, now here's one of the traditions, so I want you to see that I'm not bound by tradition, and boy, you wouldn't want that conversation with me. See, my father believed that you should always come to church in a suit and a white shirt and a tie. Will you see that with me? Of course not. That's not a biblical tradition, but a biblical tradition is having personal devotional time, having family devotions. Whatever I make, I tithe, and now my time is not my own, and I'll give my time to those who are in need. See, now that's a biblical tradition. Come on now. Here's another one that the church used to really love. Ladies shouldn't wear pants, and their hair is supposed to be all up in a bun, and they can't have any makeup. Man, that's man stuff. I'm not talking about man stuff. I'm talking about biblical principles, ladies and gentlemen, because biblical principles will keep you firm. Uh. All right, let's go on to the next one. Listen, I, I don't want you to miss this. I only got a few more minutes. Listen, how will I know that I'm trusting and I'm loving God? I'm developing a firmness in my lifestyle so that I'm not moved by this and I'm not moved by that and the news doesn't change me. And though I may get a call from a school and everybody's going off the deep end, that doesn't alter anything. For, come on, church. And I have told you many, many times, most of what you see out in self-book, I mean Facebook, isn't even close to the truth. And I don't call it Facebook anymore. In my devotional journal, I put in self-book. I know, I know. Man, he's old. No, not at all. We don't even know how we're being blinded, ladies and gentlemen. He's very, very subtle. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. Whew. I almost forgot that verse was next. And I just mentioned that most of our young men, they're, very, they're either very soft or they want to go out and they're going to kill somebody or, or they're going to blow this up. I mean, that's extreme. God wants you to be in the balance of that and stand firm in his word. 
Stand firm in the word. Stand firm in your faith. Hmm. Amen. I mean, I, if I, I'm not a young lady, but I'm praying that over Brittany. God, send into her life a young man who's alert, who's firm in the faith, and who acts like and shows that he's strong. Don't send her anyone this week. Are you praying that way? Three more verses and we're finished. What are we talking about? Listen, trusting in the Lord means firmness. That came from Psalm 112, verse 7. See, I'm not preaching something out of my own heart. I'm giving you the authority of God's word. But guess what? We're doing everything we can to undermine God's word. God's not going to pay for that. Our country's going to pay for that. Mm. Come on, church. Here we go. Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Not people, the enemy. He is scheming every day. He's plotting every day. And you, as I said at Lancaster yesterday, must have a double vision. You must be able to see naturally and spiritually. And most Christians are not at that level. But they're supposed to be because they're facing that devil. You should have double vision. I can read and I can really read. And that's why they hated Jesus with such a passion. Because he looked past all their robes and all the other things that they were doing. He saw everything from I am. Come on, church. I am stands for intent and motives. See, we do our best to hide that. But God says, I'll unveil that. Robin prays every day over all the schools, not just Chief of Middle High School, that everything hidden would be brought to the light. That's a Bible verse. Everything hidden brought to the light. Because the enemy will use children and young people to scheme something and start something and stir something and then explode something. Put on the full armor. So let's go ahead and do that real quick. Are you ready? Stand with me, please. About seven more minutes and I'll try to wrap it up. Ready? Father, thank you for the belt of truth. Go ahead and put it on. Like, just put your hands. Thank you for the belt of truth. Thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you for the good news shoes. Thank you for the helmet of salvation. Thank you for the shield of faith. And thank you for the sword of the Spirit. And guess what, church? Great job. Are you ready? And the enemy will tell you, that is so stupid. That is so silly. Because he doesn't want you to be dressed. Because when you're naked, he will exploit you and destroy you. All right? Turn to somebody and say, you look better now. And then you may be seated. Awesome. Awesome. I'll ask Joshua when I see him every once in a while, I'll say, hey, are you dressed? Are you dressed? He knows what that means. Do you have the armor on? Guess who I want him to date? I want him to date someone who has the armor on. Can you imagine a baseball player going up trying to be a Frank Robinson without a helmet? Oh, my goodness. How about a football player without a helmet and a mouthpiece? I mean, it's important that football players have all the equipment. Why are we not dressing properly in the battle that we're in? 
If you're not dressed in the full armor of God, you cannot stand firm. Here we go. Two verses and we're done. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. Well, I got my shoes on today. That's not all there is. So that you'll be able, oh, this is why I'm to dress. To resist in the evil day and, have, and having done everything to stand firm. Standing firm means resisting evil. So if you don't have your armor on, you're going down. Maybe not tomorrow, but you're going to go down. Why? Because you're violating the word of God. God's word says, here's what you should do. And we go, but I didn't, I didn't have time. You have the same amount of time everybody else has. That, that, watch how quickly you can put this on. Father, thank you for the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, good news shoes, helmet of salvation, shield of faith. Thank you for the sword of the spirit. I'm dressed and ready to go. Let's go. And I do that all the time. And some of you are freaking out right now. Because I want him to know I'm coming out of my home and I'm ready. You've got game, so does he. He beat your tail. Don't you remember? Hello? Church. <sighs> We're fighting for our young people. Last verse. 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no other foundation can anyone lay that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. Here we go. You will not stand firm unless you are in Christ Jesus. You can't stand firm. The current is way too swift. I remember back in the day when we used to go out, um, out on the, uh, what, what's that river called out there? Come on, help me out. What's that river called? The Swanee. Yeah, that's it. I just want to make sure you're here. The Swanee. There were days you had to really watch yourself because the current was swift. Hello? If you are not standing in Christ Jesus, you are not going to make it. The culture out there is so ridiculous. That was a nice way. It is so powerful. It is pulling adults. It's pulling young people. My son said to me the other day, he said, Dad, you don't understand. That's just the way things are now. Hmm. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And over in Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. But if you listen to what's out there, they will tell you it's all brand new. Man, it's all been done before. <laughs> it's just a different dog and pony show come on are you here God is asking us if you will trust me not forward church though this is the place to be not the pastoral staff though those are the ones God's put here I want you to put your trust in me I will develop firmness in you that's what he wants it's what he wants. So I want to close with this story I heard from uh, David Jeremiah. It's really cool. Josh, you all ready? You good? 1972, Dean Kelly wrote a book that has become a classic in the study of church growth. And the book is entitled, Why Conservative Churches Are Growing. There is a direct correlation between churches' acknowledgement of the authority of the Bible and the growth pattern in the local church. 
And Dr. David Jeremiah, I'm going to come back to that. Dr. David Jeremiah stated, whatever your role is in your church, are you making sure nothing replaces Jesus Christ and his word as the foundation? I want you to travel with me in your mind, please. To Lakeland, Florida, to Southeastern University. Back several years ago, I was there in a course with a man by the name of Dr. Henderson, former professor at UCLA. UCLA is not a Christian university. Southeastern is. Dr. Henderson is about six foot eight. He's got a voice that goes way deep, deep. And I mean, just like, whoa. And he stood before us that day. I'm talking about the authority of God's word. And how we are beginning to minimize the power of the cross. And Dr. Henderson in the classroom, he had just come from California at UCLA. And now he's a professor in Lakeland, Florida. And he said, in the next couple years, churches are going to see an all-out attack against the word of God and the authority of Jesus Christ. I sat there going, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And today I can go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about forward church. I am telling you what's going on out in society, what's happening all over the nation, what's happening in the body of Christ. This is, this is your final authority. Not a judge, not a mom or a dad, not a former principal, not a safety and security person. Not a person who's going to take you out for lunch. The final authority is this right here. And I'm so happy this morning to know that in the great cloud of witnesses, my dad is there going, he's finally come around. He has finally come around. This is the final authority. The word of God is the final authority. And there's only two lines, ladies and gentlemen. Lying to the right, boy, he just began to repent at the cross. Lying on the left, I know know it's been the last several Sundays. He's within fingertips of touching eternal life. But he wasn't about to come under the authority of God's word. And he's in hell forever. He was like, go ahead, stand up here. Come here. You've kind of been in it this morning a little bit. All right, stay there. All right, stretch out. Stretch out like you're on the cross. Well, not that high. I've got to put mine out there too. He's, he's that close. He's that close to eternal life. Whoop. He did not want to be touched by it. There are people out there that close. Listen, and they believe because they're that close, they're in. They're out. Thank you. You may be seated. We have one of our baseball coaches here. Once they basically make that call at the high school level, if they say you're out, for the most part, they don't overturn those. But when, but when the authority, by the way, Jesus Christ is the word. It's not a book. When Jesus Christ goes, man, I did everything I could for you. And you would not trust me. Man, you, would, you acted like you wanted to be firm and give trust to me, but you just didn't do it out ladies and gentlemen I want you to see this morning it's time for us to let go of all of the cultural norms 
and embrace the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ with all of your heart. And I thank God for some amens in this house this morning. Because I'm telling you, our country, our nation is up against it. Our nation is up against it. And I'm going to go ahead and step way out there. Might as well. Been out there quite a bit. There is a similarity between what's going on with people who are trying to get into this country, and I'm not against that, and that same thing's happening spiritually. There are all kinds of ways to get into the kingdom. No, there's not. You must be born again. I'm not talking about the United States of America. God's been all over my spirit letting me know, are you aware of what's going on? And are you going to be a part of that? Trying to show people and I'm not talking about this ministry. I'm talking to the body of Christ. Dennis, are you going to be a kind of person down the line where you're just going to say, whatever, whatever. Come on, jump the wall. Forget the cross. Here, come this way. There are no back doors into the kingdom. And there are no shortcuts. You must put your trust. Listen, in the word of God. Forget this message. You don't have to speak to me the rest of your life. That's not the issue. The issue is, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Him? I want you to switch some of the dials in your heart where you have a tendency to go on what people say. And yes, I'm going to bring it live. Maybe this can be deleted. Thank God for our security. Thank God for our sheriff's department. Thank God for the first responders on Thursday. Because if we had gone with what the kids were putting out there. Hello. It is time for us to go with what's true. God's word. And this whole district is covered. And there's, I'm, I'm speaking the word of the Lord over this whole, like there, there's no walls right now. The angels of the Lord encamp round about every one of the schools. And no weapon formed against any school shall prosper. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord is going to raise up a standard against him. And we will have no loss of life. And we're going to begin de-emphasizing the drama. Drama is greater than alcohol, shall we pray? Father, I thank you I'm not a liar. I thank you for the legacy of your word. I thank you in Jesus' name for men like Frank Robinson. Men like Ronald Reagan. I'm not caring about the political side, Lord. I thank you for men and women who have had backbone, who have had character, who were firm because they were trusting way above the crowd. Way above the clouds. They were trusting the crown of life. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Keep me from ever, ever watering down your word. May I never, ever the rest of this year and the rest of my life, may I never, ever water down your word. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. Joshua, you got that ready? Wow, the Holy Spirit just gave that to us. The crowd, remember that, the crowd. Then there are those that are in the clouds. Like, hello, where are you? But above all, he wants us to live under the crown of the king. Josh is about ready to put on a song. And I'm going to just give you an opportunity to come and stand where you're simply saying, you know what? Greater things are going to take place in my life because my trust is unlimited in Jesus Christ. My trust is unlimited in Jesus Christ. I'm not following the crowd. In fact, check this out. You ready? After Jesus fed the 5,000, you know, the crowd was going crazy. Can you imagine if self-book was on back then? Jesus snuck away, left the crowd, and went to a private place. Jesus was not moved by the crowd. Nor was he lifted up, the Apostle Paul. Though he had already visited heaven, he did not let what he saw up there impact how he was going to live the rest of his life. In fact, he became a martyr for the cause of Jesus Christ. I told you times have changed. And then above all, how many who've gone before us who have said, you know what? I just want to bow at the feet of the one who's been crowned. I just want you to walk out here today going, I'm putting my confidence and trust in the Lord. I can hear what they're saying, but I'm not walking like that. As the song begins to play, that's the end of the message. An opportunity for you to hear the lyrics and to say, you know what? I'm I'm taking a step towards a deeper walk in trust with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm believing God for greater things. Levy County needs to change. You said it once, say it again. Levy County needs to change. And we need to embrace people who are coming in who need the gospel of Jesus Christ and need the tools that you have that can help them grow for greater things. Greater things are coming. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.